0: Caleb, thank it. you for leading us, bro. Thank you. This, thank you for leading us, y'all. Yeah. Mm, yeah, the band, uh, y'all just keep getting better. It's a little unfair. Um, as you can tell, I am not Casey. Uh, everybody on Facebook Live and in the congregation probably knows that. He, uh, he called in the best pinch preacher he could, and he was sick. So you're stuck with me now. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Pinch preacher. pinch preacher, like a pinch hitter in baseball, but a uh, pinch preacher. I don't know if that's a technical term or not, but um, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, or I haven't gotten to know you yet, or meet you, uh, my name is Ben White. I am me and my beautiful wife back there are the young adults ministers here at New City Edgerton. Um. Casey is out, he's out in Montana with his lovely wife, she had some work stuff to do and Casey's tagging along and trying to brave through the cold in Montana right now, because it's like, really cold there, but that's not, I'm from Dallas, so like, really cold to me is 60 degrees, (laughs) and I think frost on the windshield is ice, so, um, I'm not much of a judge for what cold is, uh... Today, we're starting a new series. It's called Who's Your One? And, and to start us all off, I'd like you all to close your eyes, and I'd like us to think about the word, word discipleship, and, and what it means to you. If you've ever been discipled, probably think about that person, and if you've ever discipled anybody, think about them, and, and just kind of let that linger, as, as I as we kind of go through scripture today. In, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And, and I had you guys think of discipleship, and you're maybe your first disciple or the first person you discipled, because discipleship is crazy, and it's freaky and it's uncomfortable. And if we're honest, nobody really likes to start because you got to find somebody, and asking them is kind of weird, and do you take them to coffee? Do you take them to a bookstore? Do you take them to your own house? Do you let them meet your family? How do I do that? And then, what do I teach them? Where do I go how do i How do I know where they're at and how do I know what stage of life I'm at, and am I really even mature enough to be making a disciple or? Or should I be being discipled right now? But in Acts 1, this is right before Jesus parts ways with the disciples. He says to them, as I flip to it, it's already on the screen. Mike's a little bit ahead. Thank you, Mike. I'm a little slow. Sorry, you guys. Uh, So this is Luke writing. Luke also wrote the Gospel of Luke. It says, In the first book O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You see, this this discipleship thing isn't just casual. It's not something that we can choose to do if we're Christian. It's something that Jesus says, hey, this has got to get done. Man, And, and we just got done with this whole Indifference series, and Casey did a great job, and if you were here last week and you heard Pam and the, the students give their testimonies, like it blew me away and I got, I don't get choked up very much, but that that choked me up because that's real discipleship, yeah. right? And discipleship, it, it's, the, it, it's teaching people to love Jesus or teaching people to love or serve something, whether that's Christian discipleship and we're teaching them to love Jesus or we're teaching people how to do the job, it's all discipleship. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to do it. Right? And in fact, actually, if we're being honest, discipleship is taken out of our hands. We just gotta go find people. The Holy Spirit takes care of the rest. That's the promise that we get in Acts. Because whether we like it or not, we do not have the power to save anybody. I might be able to save you from a burning building if I run fast enough. I wouldn't put your faith in that, but I can't save your soul. I I do not have that power. I can introduce you to Jesus. I can teach you how to follow him. I can teach you how to walk with him and talk with him and what he's like and what his voice sounds like. But it doesn't mean anything unless that, that connection happens in your own heart. And that's what discipleship is all about. After, after the baptism piece, and, and Casey points this out all the time, is, man, we we do the first half of the Great Commission really well of, man, we go out and we, we baptize everybody we can on the street, whether there's a puddle in the road or we got a tub or a pool or whatever. And then they're just kind of left. Okay, now what? What do I do now? And... And it's hard because discipleship is awkward. Like it, it's supposed to be awkward. It's supposed to be vulnerable and weird and, and and sometimes gross. Because you're not only diving into somebody else's heart and their life and walking through problems with them, most of the time most disciples are more changed than the disciplee. And it takes a certain level of vulnerability. One to hey man, could I disciple you? And then two, as the discipleship process goes along to expose, well yeah, me and my wife are actually struggling with this or man, I'm having a really hard time disciplining my child in this area or we can't see eye to eye on this thing. And then bringing it back to scripture, that's the easiest part of discipleship is what does scripture say, right? Because this is how we grow in our faith through prayer, through scripture, and through learning from other people's mistakes. And and if you think discipleship is, is kind of lackadaisical, like you don't have to do it unless you feel comfortable or you don't feel called to do it or anything like that, it's a command in scripture. At the Great Commission, Jesus says, go and make disciples. And the, to to show the weight of this command, Jesus talks in Luke about kind of kind of proving her love to him, so to speak. Um, so in Luke six forty eight or forty six, sorry, he says, "Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you?" Man, I would hate to meet Jesus face to face. And I don't know if we'll ever ask this to me when we get to heaven. I don't know what that's like. But, hey, man, how many people did you actively pursue for my name? Uh, goose egg? Like, could you just imagine? And there's so much grace wrapped around Jesus, but, like, the feeling of never pursuing somebody for the Lord. Man, we, like the indifference here, how much do I have to hate somebody to not even want to tell them about Jesus right? It's not even a fear thing at that point. It's, man, I really just don't want to. But we can't, we can't follow Jesus and do what we want all at the same time. And so he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Um as I kind of read this story, the, the story of the three little pigs kind of pops up into my head. And you got one that builds his house out of straw, and the big bad wolf's able to blow that house down super easy. And you got one that's made of sticks, and bam, it's gone too. And then you've got the one that's set on a foundation in brick. And no matter how strong the winds are, no matter how hard the rain is, no matter how bad the earth shakes, it stands. And that's what Jesus calls us to be like. Man, he doesn't want to see his kids tossed and thrown about and without shelter. He's not that mean of a dad, I promise. And it all starts with just a simple yes. And we've been talking um, our our leadership team about discipleship, and we've got different groups and and discipleship and and teaching classes but it all starts with that yes I can't do anything until I'm willing to go right there's a um, I was reading one of the pictures out there I tend to walk around a lot and just think before I preach or pray and man it's that passage in Isaiah that says then the Lord said to me whom will I send? Who will go? And Isaiah's like, dude, I raised my hand and I was like, send me. I'll do it. But a lot of times when people are like, hey, I was like, hey, why don't you go, why don't you go buy them coffee and just start a conversation? we are like, coffee's like $4 right now and you know, and if they get one of them iced frappes or whatever, that's like another 10 bucks and, and then I got to talk to them too and then that's like 30 minutes of time right there and I just don't know if I have that, but we always do. I I manage our budget for for our family, and man, budgeting money is the same. It's the same as budgeting time. And you see where you're spending your time, and oh, we're going to sports events here, or we're. I've got eight hours of work to do there and well, then I gotta go home and do the dishes and, and it seems like our schedules are getting so packed that there's, man, I really do not have time to meet with anybody. You got lunch breaks. 30 minutes, meet with one of your coworkers. I guarantee you, God's put one of your coworkers on your heart. Say, hey, that guy probably, or that guy probably needs Jesus. At the sports games, I, I don't know how long baseball games usually go for. Is it baseball season? Does anybody know? I don't know what sports season it is. But sports games usually go on for about an hour and a half. And that's, if you can muster the courage, that's enough time to tell somebody about Jesus and walk with them. And, and another reason discipleship is so important is because there are a lot of spiritual babies out there. A lot. That don't know how to grow. And there are a lot of spiritual parents out there that aren't teaching them. And and I mean that to be blunt, because at the beginning of this sermon, I had you guys think about who brought you to Christ, right? And who, who walked through that process with you. And imagine where you would be if they hadn't. Right, Like me and my wife have been missionaries in South America, and we brought people to the Lord. We, we've discipled people. We've built houses. We, we've built ovens, brick ovens for people. I would have never done that ever in my life had somebody not taught me to not think about myself. And somebody taught me, especially in today's age, to get off my phone and look around. I would have never done that. And in Hebrews five, man, um, I mean, God kind of, the the writer of Hebrews, uh, some people think it's Paul. I think it might be Paul too, but nobody really knows. Um, but he, he he starts out the chapter by talking about how we're supposed to be priests after Jesus, the high priest. But he can't explain this to us because we're not growing. And, and he says in, in Hebrews 5:11, he says, "About this, this priesthood, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. I wouldn't know how to distinguish good and evil had my youth pastor, when I was younger, not stepped up. You probably wouldn't know how to distinguish good from evil if your parents hadn't stepped up and said, Hey, actually, that's not right. That's not based in Scripture, and we're not following that. but just like your kids need you and just like the church needs you, dude, there's people all over Edgerton or Baldwin or Wellsville or Gardner that are sipping on sippy cups instead of enjoying a nice steak dinner presented by God himself. It's like, hey, here's some steak and potatoes. Do y'all do steak and potatoes or do y'all prefer like soup or something? Yes. <laughs> steak and potatoes. Okay. <laughs> says, hey, why don't, you, why don't you come try this? But we're not ready for it because we don't know what's good and what's evil. Because nobody's taught us. But the pressure is off on you to save their soul and to deepen their relationship with God. I can deepen nobody's relationship in God, with God in here. I can't. I can spur you on. I can... Sometimes give you a swift kick in the butt if you need it. Usually I'm the one getting the swift kick in the butt, but I can't deepen your relationship. That's for the Holy Spirit to do. And, and so much of discipleship is not as much hands-on, actively doing stuff as it is hands-off, and Holy Spirit, dude, you got the wheel, I'm, I'm just kind of in it to try to help. But it's needed, and it's commanded. All right, we've got a map out, out in the lobby or the atrium. Um, I think they might be the same thing, but uh, but it's a big map. Edgerton's kind of right in the middle there, with Gardner up north and Wellsville and Baldwin down south and west. And there are pins, and people have started putting pins in there where they. They feel God calling them to go and, and talk to Jesus about somebody. And also, if I don't think my wife wouldn't mind me sharing this, but she has a hard time starting conversations. That's the scary part of it. That's like the scariest part is just initiating that first conversation, saying hello. Man, and if you have, have trouble kind of leading the conversation or, or growing the conversation more and, and kind of guiding it, I encourage you not to fear about that or fret about it. And if if you need a little more help, there are actually these cool little almost like index card things out there on that table out there by the map, and they're just talking points, questions to ask. And you just listen. Okay, Holy Spirit, what do you? Okay, he says he's struggling with this. Okay, Holy Spirit, what does Scripture say, and how do I lead him into that? How do I point them back? Dude, there are a lot of people. And, and, and I want you guys to feel the gravity of it because whether you think you're chomping on steak and potatoes or sucking on a sippy cup, discipleship needs to happen. You meet people where you're at, where they're at. But like Jesus, we don't expect them to stay there. Man, we're, we're called to better and better things. And I believe that for somebody who just met Christ yesterday or somebody who's on the deathbed that knew Christ for their whole life. And so as we, as we close today, I want you to close your eyes again as, I, as we close. And, and really think and, and rely on the Holy Spirit of, Jesus, who's the one you want? Me to go get. And it might be the same one for a couple different people, which just means that guy's really important to Jesus and he's going to do some really awesome stuff. But Jesus, who? Who's my one? Who can I go after? Or maybe your prayer is God, I wish somebody would come after me. I'm tired of feeling alone or neglected or looked over. Who's my one that's going to come get me? God's given us the authority to go get people. He calls us to be fishers of men. Some people fish with a really, one of those really big nets and some people are fishing off the bank with a, with a rod and a hook. We're still catching people. And it doesn't matter if you've never discipled anybody or you discipled 50,000 people, which would be kind of impressive. But it doesn't matter. Because there's always one more to get. So God, I thank you um, for this time. I thank you that Casey thought of me to preach. Because uh, it's, it's an honor that <laughs> more than words can say. Uh, and I, I thank you for discipleship. I thank you that you've put everybody in this room for a specific reason. Because of a specific person down their path. God, I thank you. I thank you for speaking and moving through the Holy Spirit. And God, I fully believe that you're going to put one person on each and every one of our hearts and minds today. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Because scripture says, man, where two or more gathered in my name, there I am also. And so if God's in the room, man, <laughs> then things are going to stir. So God, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, and in your name, pray. Amen.